Before we begin, we're going to start by talking about BattleBards. I've really been enjoying the sounds we use, and if you like to add sounds to your games, check out BattleBards.com. You can sign up for a Prime subscription, which gives you all sorts of neat abilities. You can stream sounds, uh, so that way you don't have to have them downloaded. You can use tools to prepare sound uh, to add into your game at the appropriate points. And by using our exclusive stack code when you sign up, you can get a 20% discount. So check it out, BattleBards.com. We have a question I want to start with, and that question is, so far in the game, we have visited some interesting places. What have your favorite places been, and why? My favorite place was that, um, we didn't really exactly go there, but it was that crown, that stone place where we all had those horrific oh, visions. Yeah. Stone Crown, yeah. Stone Crown, yeah. That place was pretty cool. Why? Because I still want to see it. <laughs> yeah, it's too bad we're like clearly not getting back there to find out more about what that was about. Hey, this is an open world. Yeah, uh, we're moving so steadily away from it. We could happen to stop by it on the way to um, somewhere. We'll see. Okay, is that the only place that you particularly liked? Or do you have another place that's a close second or whatever? Um, hmm. I guess I liked Sedge as well. That was a pretty neat, um, well-made uh, town that we, that we stopped at. What drew you to that in particular? Well, I definitely do like small towns and villages because they're a lot more personal. And I just kind of liked... The I, I guess I, I liked the, the run-down feel to it. Like, it was different than anywhere else we had been, you know. Arden was just your stereotypical little starting village where everything's nice and great until they get into attack and you have to go out and seek for answers and stuff like that, you know, usual RPG stuff. And then Funmore was also just that kind of the big city. And uh, same with Isling, but uh, Sedge was just so wildly different cool all right michael now is this from our character's perspective or our own whatever okay because um maybe answer for both i like okay so if it's if it's wamberbash i think it's it's the forest where he grew i mean his home yeah i was gonna say his house um that was a pretty neat description because it's 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 his and um and you know it's it's earthy and it's it, it fits it fits him and you know I think he is out of his element everywhere else we travel and he, it really takes a lot in him to kind of keep his composure because he really would just rather stay away and I think he's fine with his immediate group his friends because he's comfortable but um, I, I think he would prefer to be there anywhere else um, me personally I like Flenmore because um, I like the big city aspect of it so to speak I mean it's I think it's probably the largest city we've been correct. Yeah, I was trying to think. Uh, I don't have any numbers down. Isling is the closest place you've been, and I think Flynnmore has it edged out. Okay, you, yeah. You said it was slightly lar- uh, that Isling was slightly smaller than Flynnmore. Okay, so that yeah, makes I, sense. I I liked I liked this I liked the whole thing behind the like uh, the the rock that glowed or the algae or whatever that, that what was the, what was the stuff that that glowed? was Flynnmore. Yeah, so the yeah, the, the stone beard. Yeah, yeah, which is the moss that grows on the outside i thought it was cool and i liked in the upper part of town how they used it for designs mm. like to show that look we don't have a lot of it in our house but what, what we do use it's purposefully there because we want to show our well i don't know i kind of liked that aspect cool Good. um so that was my those are my two favorites places. right meredith and tira and meredith and tira well um i would think that t- one of tira's favorite places anyway 
maybe tied the clearing in the forest where we rented the stag. That was a big moment for Tira. I think that was probably her favorite. And the stone tower with the, with the spiraling staircase that you created that we never gave you a chance to explain all the cool oh, yeah. thing about it. You were the so excited. never-ending staircase, right? The never-ending staircase. <laughs> but being that it was made of stone, and I remember when we went in there, Tira was just like, wow, this is amazing. And that bridge that she was just super, the white stone bridge she was really wigged out by because it was just perfect and didn't feel wobbly at all. And she just really appreciated all that, all the stone work there. Um, my favorite, and probably the same places. I, I, I did think that bridge was really neat. Um, I, I, I could picture that whole... That whole series of locations, I had a very clear picture of those in my mind, even though, well, I guess you did have some pretty detailed descriptions of them during the game, but I'm not sure how my imagination of it meshes up with what you had described. I kind of went my own way with it, but those were really neat locations well, and to, important parts, parts of the story. Yeah, yeah. To me, I think a couple of things. First of all, I love this aspect of D&D where... I have a picture in my mind, but because it's not on a TV screen, you're forced to imagine it yourselves and your interpretation of what I say may be vastly different, but it's really neat to me that we can all have a shared experience like that and still potentially have our own experience. So that's pretty cool. And number two, I like asking these questions because it helps to clue me into what kinds of things you look for. So you enjoying the the spirals of the stone beard moss on the houses, those little touches that I like to put in uh, to help bring a place to life, that this is all helpful to me to do more of that in the future. So I, I'm glad to hear that. I was trying to think also, because I try not to think about the answer, my answer to these questions. Um, stone Crown was a fun place. And I don't want to say a whole lot more. <laughs> ah. <laughs> uh, and Isling. I like Isling because it's very clear in my mind. And some other things that are coming up shortly uh, are also very clear in my mind. And I hope I convey that well through my descriptions. But at any rate, um, yeah, those are my two favorites. I, I really still, I keep coming back to episode five with the challenge with yeah. the statues and the yeah. the bridge and the tower. Yeah. So I really like that place a lot because it was fun to make, fun to watch you go through the process of figuring it all out. And then, uh, you know, to me, again, it's very clear in my mind. Really for me, I'm just ready to get out of Morga here. And uh, you were so close. <laughs> and, into, no. and, and into one of the other countries because um, Moraga is uh, again your stereotypical fantasy setting where you've got castles and cities, lots of European stuff. I'm ready to go over to South Arabon because we're gonna see a lot. You know, I was part of the creative process for this podcast, and it's it's going to be a very different setting than we had here, and I'm just so I'm just so ready. Yeah, yeah, it's exciting to me uh, to see for. For my sake, I really enjoy hearing you all talk about places by name. I think every DM likes to hear players talking about people and things and places by name. So hearing you talking about just Flynnmore. And I love the fact that in a way these places have come maybe just a little bit to life 
in your own minds and you're moving and living in this world while we play. So that's really cool. And I, I'm glad we're getting that. Follow a band of intrepid friends as they seek to understand the world changing around them and as they work together to face a growing evil. Enter a world of adventure and mystery in Bardalon. Hello everyone, this is Rhett, the DM of this 5th edition D&D adventure set in the homebrewed world of Ardalon. With me is... Meredith as Tira Ironstag. Michael as Womber Bash Benson Mom. Thane as Peter Greyhawk. When we last saw Tira, Bash, and Peter, they weren't doing so well. The day started well enough with a good breakfast and a trip down to the docks for a brief farewell with their friend Rebeck. Things went badly quickly though. There's a lot of air quotes going on here with the word friend. <laughs> During the fond farewells, Rebeck managed to quietly steal Peter's starstone. The troubadour made his way off the dock and was talking to two familiar figures, the plague doctor and the giant the party ran into in Blinkenden. Peter realized this only after the scalded dove, the friend's sure path to Seth Arban, had started to set sail. Womberbash took the initiative, diving off the ship, swimming to shore and pursuing them using his animal senses. Tira and Peter followed as best they could at a distance, catching up in time to see Womberbash losing badly in a fight. After a brutal combat, the bad guys got away. Now Peter, Tira, and Bash must limp back and figure out what to do next. Who's ready to tell a story? Uh, I am. <laughs> I guess maybe. Please don't hurt us. You are all standing on a plane. There's one dispirited-looking horse. There's another lump of a horse over on the ground. And the city of Isling lies to your north. So uh, what I want to do is I want to call over to Tira and have her help me uh, pull the dead horse off of the road and maybe even Is there buried. a road? Yeah, yeah. yeah we, there's land. a road. It's not on the road, though. Oh, it wasn't. No. If, oh, they were they were off the road. Yeah. Okay, because I thought this was all on a road. See, that's funny. See, here's where that thing about how we visualize yeah. things. I mean, I'm like, I was seriously picturing just almost like desert, just open, absolutely nothing. I I, I hadn't pictured a road of any kind. It's more like grassland here. Oh, okay. Uh, so it's not desert, but uh, the road does run along the coast, but at the point where when the bad guys realized they were being pursued, I think they kind of veered off the road mm. uh, okay. for whatever reason. So in my mind, yeah, in my we, mind. <laughs> we've all pictured this very, very differently. <laughs> Mom, especially. Yeah. Just I mean, wildly was, different. Yeah, it was uh, pretty different. And the aliens were there. Yeah. So uh, I, I just, well, then I guess I'll just ask her to help me just uh, heap up, you know, dirt over it kind of as a mound I guess. Oh, you want to try and bury the horse? Yeah. All right. I'm thinking, don't we want to get... Oh, then I remember yeah. uh, Captain Captain Bozzle's words. <laughs> Bozzle? <laughs> Captain... Blodgett. <laughs> Captain... <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I'm going to uh, <laughs> look over at... I'm, I'm going to take a look at uh, Womberbash and see what exactly... If he's actually dead or not. Peter, is there anything you can do for him? Is there any way you can help? 
without my without my star stone, I don't think I can do much other other than what I've been trained to do. Well, do that. This is gonna take so much longer. So I'm going to pull out all of my herbs and, and stuff. I'm going to uh, patch up uh, Womberbash as best I can. Womberbash, you've been healing steadily. Uh, well, I guess you you're maxed out with how much you can heal now. Um, so you're still at nine hit points. Peter puts some soothing poultices on you and you, some of the sting comes out, but you, you're going to look like a wreck. Yeah. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, like obviously I'm already passed out because of the strain on my body from Mm -hmm. using all this, all of my side points and all the things I had to do. And then on top of that, I probably lost a lot of, I mean, head wounds are usually, even if they're not, might not be as bad or just bloody in general, um, but, but I I got hit pretty badly and hurt pretty badly. So I'm definitely bloody all over the place. So I'm sure I've lost at least probably a pint of blood. And so I'm just simply passed out at this time. I'm not coherent whatsoever. I'm also going to pull out my water skin and feed him some of my water. Okay. We really need to... We need to get back, I guess. I don't know if we can afford, in, in the state we're in now, to go after those guys. Any, those, I wouldn't call them guys. Those Dwarfish. Those men. A guys. Those un-guys. <laughs> um, I don't know that we can afford the time to pursue them, and certainly not in the state that Bash is. Here, Peter, help me. Get, get an arm under him. Let's try and make our way back to the stable at least. We need to get him on the horse and get him back to the city. Yes. So I guess between Peter and, and myself, we're going to try and maybe, you know, kind of just have him flung over the saddle sideways. He's like face down across okay. it. You know what I mean? Because we can't sit him up on there, really. Yeah. Yeah. You manage to get him up there like that and you move it, at a moderate pace. Yeah, I was going to say, with him on it that way, would there be room for us to sit in front of him behind him? No. No, not all three of you. Maybe yeah. one more. But not Maybe both I of should you. ride because my legs are so short I would hold us up. Okay. Yeah. So you do get up and that'll be helpful because you can hold him, make yeah. sure he doesn't go slipping okay. off one way or the other. Okay. All right. So between the two of you on the horse and Peter, you are walking alongside leading it by the bridle. And so you move slower than you were coming out here, obviously. Another 15 minutes and you're back at the entrance to the docks. And you can see the captain on the deck of the ship pacing back and forth. He's not happy with the delay. But when he sees you, he, you can see him straighten up. And he shouts a command. Mm-hmm. And you can see they didn't bother to raise the dinghy back up. And so it's it comes over. back over to you. And after a couple minutes, the first mate is down there glowering at you. Doesn't even bother to move to help you. But he's... That punk. I assume we've... Uh, returned glue to the stable. Yeah, we'll, okay. we'll say that you took care of that. Okay, so I'm... after a grateful pat on her little neck, <laughs> goodbye glue on, on her face, just... dear sweet glue. Yeah, you so... managed to gently get Walmer bashed down. I'm gonna say, Tira, you got into the dinghy first, and you're down there to receive. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Peter, you're helping to lower him down. Walmer bash, your first awareness comes as you're being lowered into the dinghy and so you settle back against i keep wanting to say bulwark it's a bulkhead mm-hmm. <laughs> right is that right okay so you're being lowered into the dinghy and you're resting against the side your head is kind of propped on one of the 
benches in the dinghy. And Tira is next to you. What, what are you doing, Tira? Are you just kind of patting uh, him? Yeah, or? I was going to say, maybe his head is on the bench next to what I am sitting on. And I may just have my hands on, on, on top of his head and just looking down. Maybe you've bad. arranged your clothes on the... Yeah, do know. I have a jacket or something that I could remove? Yeah, we'll say that you've got something cloth. Like a vest or yeah. a wrap of something that Peter, I could... I'm so sorry. I, I couldn't get your stone back. No, you you didn't fail at all. Don't there talk, nothing, Bash. There's nothing any of us could have done. The best thing you can do right now is just rest. Save your strength. Uh, sorry. It's okay. What happened to him? I don't speak. I'm staring daggers. I'm like, even I'm, I'm like... What do uh, you think happened? The first mate shrugs and then begins yeah. rowing back. And... In a couple of minutes, you're back at the Scalded Dove. You're being lifted on deck, and more care is being given to you, Bash, um, for obvious reasons. Uh, in fact, you are made comfortable in the captain's quarters. So you are brought to the aft of the ship, and it's a snug bunk, um, but he makes you as comfortable as he can. And so the three of you are in there with the captain as the ship begins to lurch forward again. Uh, it's underway, and he says, you can have a... I'm so tired of this. You can have a minute in here if you like. Thank you. I'm so tired of what? Having to put on this stupid accent. What? <laughs> it's, it's embarrassing. You see, I'm from Moriga, but I thought when I started this sailing business that no self-respecting sailor would want to sail under a Morrigan. Everyone's all about Dunmorrigans and what good sailors they are. And so I pretended to be a Dunmorrigan. Anyway, my name is Captain Blodgett. And please get some rest. But um, I'll need the two of you out there to keep an eye on things. Yes, sir. Thank uh, of you. Of course. Thank you. And I look at Peter. <laughs> what, a, what a loser. <laughs> what a, and that's how I explain my terrible accent. <laughs> he was faking it. The entire time. Yeah. Tira. Anyway, yeah, go oh. ahead. Go ahead between the two. May I see your store stone? Uh, yes, hang on. Let, uh, let me get it out of my pack. Oh, Peter, I'm so sorry. There's no problem. That lying... Ah, here. Um, let me get it. All right, remember getting around. Here you go. Do okay. you... Tiro, as soon as you let hold, uh-huh. let go of your hold on your stone, you set it down on a table, I guess? Or do you just I hand, hand it? I just hand it to him, yeah. Okay. As soon as the stone leaves your hand, a couple things happen. The, the color begins to fade back into the center of the stone, and mm-hmm. that, that's not mm-hmm. something unusual to you. You've seen right. that before. Right, I've seen that. But unlike before, you begin to feel a desperate sense of loss. Mm. You can feel as though you're losing your touch with your mother. Yeah. And in fact, you feel a hollowness inside as you hand the stone over to Peter. Don't worry, I'll hand it right back. Peter, as you grasp the stone in your hand, you curl your fingers over it. Through your fingers, before they close completely, you can see the beginnings of that green color shining through. Yes. And you feel your music returning to you. 
Okay, I'm going to cast Cure Wounds on Walt Brabash. Okay, the captain has already gone outside, so you don't have to worry about somebody seeing this. Okay. Walt Brabash regains 9 plus... Okay. You get 12 hit points back. Not bad. You had kind of fallen into a fitful slumber there in the bunk when suddenly you feel this cool radiance passing over you and that feeling of tightening and so forth. And Peter, you see, again, those vines growing around him. They seem to be springing right out of the bunk and wrapping around his wounds. And some of the lividness of the wounds has begun to dissipate and already you can start to see the advanced stages of bruising mm-hmm. rather than than the freshness of the wounds that you had been seeing. So you feel that coming over you. Before I get too attached to the Starstone, I'm handing it back to Tiro. Yeah, okay. and I'm going <laughs> Give me back my mom. <laughs> can I have it back, please? I, I've already given you it, it to me, you. Okay. <laughs> Peter, can you hand me my cheese? <laughs> Oh, Bash. Yeah, here you go. I hand him his cheese. Thank you. It's a little squashed, but otherwise it's still good. We're not talking about squash. We're talking about cheese. Uh, so, I imagine it'll taste good, such a same. A couple mighty leaps, and uh, here we are. <laughs> Afraid I'm out of at some point. A couple of combat rolls will do that. Yeah. I'm eating all of it, by the way. So I'm erasing it from my inventory. Okay. <laughs> Hunk o' cheese is gone from the inventory. All right. By the time you step out of the cabin and out onto the deck, the ship is well underway. Isling is still behind you. You can still see it very clearly. You're only within a mile. Uh, it's still very clear behind you. And the, the hill, which you have heard people refer to as the Harrow, that's the name of the hill that Isling sits on. Mm-hmm. Uh, is still very clearly silhouetted against the mountains of central Morga, well behind it. But the sea lies open ahead of you, and the spray is coming off. The the sails have been unfurled, and they're billowing, and everything. the pennants up on top are snapping. The the ship is flying the sky-blue banner of Isling. I'm going to head out of the captain's cabin to kind of just, um, I guess... Well, remember what your purpose is on this ship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What, what is your purpose? To keep the peace. Okay. I'm actually going to just step forward to the very front of the boat just for a minute. And just because, I mean, that was huge. No, I'm not going to say I'm the king of the world. Um, <laughs> I'm flying, Jack. But I mean, yeah. I've never even seen that movie. Yeah. Um. I mean, we've been robbed by somebody that we had kind of come to consider as a harmless little friend on our journey. Bash ran off. We got separated. He was nearly killed. I took a pretty good swacking by the... Who's he? What's it? Me? Not a scratch. Quiet, you man. Um, and so I'm just going to go to the front of the boat for a minute. And, 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 I, and I was without my stone for a minute and, and, you know, hadn't really felt that since I got it. And so I'm just taking a minute just to let that wind hit me in the face and take a breath and hold my stone really hard. Maybe try and reconnect with my mom or something just for a second. Yeah. You accidentally and drop then, it over the side of the boat. Yeah. Titanic style. 
And then you're like, my breast. And then I go to bed and die. Okay. And but then that's just just for a minute to clear my head, and then we'll, and then I'll head back to. Let me turn to Peter and say. All right. Um, I mean, do we need more clearer directives from the captain? At this point, no. He's busy plotting the course. He's making okay. sure of weather patterns and so doing where, captainy things. Yeah, where are the other sea, like the deckhands? Are they just like swabbing the deck and? You know, most of the sailors are making sure of the rigging. Okay. And they're also uh, doing all the preparatory stuff for the beginnings of a voyage. So everyone is very busy right now. I'm wondering if it's worth picking a fight with that first mate. <laughs> just yet. I was going to say, you do see the first mate. He's lounging against a hogshead close to the foremast. And he seems to be talking with another sailor. And they both cast glances at the two of you, Peter and Tira. Oh, nice. And they're also muttering and glancing over at a group of Arbanim sailors. Mm. What did the Arbanim sailors look like? They're all, uh, I won't say all, because people are people, but they tend toward a slighter stature and shorter stature than the Morrigan sailors. They're dark-skinned, black hair, dark eyes. They seem to be very happy people. Um, they don't seem to have trouble with the work that they are supposed to be doing. And in fact, they seem to be oblivious to the Morrigan sailors. My head is like spinning. I... Now you're by yourself. Yeah, right I was now. about to say you're alone I, in the I captain's cabin. I need to get out of here. Okay. Yeah. You feel the ship rocking beneath you and it's a very foreign sensation. To yes. You. I'm going to get up and I'm sore. Ah. Tell you but what, I... now that. Now that you have all entered what amounts to the open sea, mm-hmm. go ahead and give me a constitution check, each oh, of you. Oh, nice. It's going to be a DC 12. <laughs> oh, my word. Fail. Natural 20. <laughs> <laughs> we have the opposite ends of the spectrum here. Oh, wait. I will natural 20. Let's all yell or something. Yay! Yay! As the both of them are puking or something. Yeah, right? <laughs> Tira, as soon as the ship hits its first billow... You are over hanging over the side of the ship, and you're just carrots. Why is it always carrots? Yeah. <laughs> yes. I don't even eat carrots. <laughs> Wait a second. From Sinbad. Okay, so you, uh, yeah, you are immediately ill as soon as it hits the first wave. The ship goes I up, mean, it and then it sense. seems to drop out from underneath yeah. you. You're used to the I'm solidity used to of stone. Yeah. yeah, you're used to that unshifting stone under your feet and actually this reminds you of the earthquake so the bucking of the ground underneath you and this ship you have a lot of bad associations immediately what did you roll uh i have a seven total seven total i'm gonna say you're not nearly as bad off but now you and tira seem to have traded places she you see her looking very green and stumbling almost falling over the side of the ship (laughs) as she releases the contents of her stomach into the water below. Hey, Tira, I don't feel good either, but one of those one of those sailors told me to keep my eye on the horizon. It'll be steady so it won't be so bad. In, <laughs> in an hour, I'll let you do another check. Okay. But if you need to go lie down, go lie down. I guess I will. I was going to go have it out with the first mate, but not no more. <laughs> you start walking toward him and you go... <laughs> 
Just uh, turn around and go his, the other I'll way. I'll puke in his face. <laughs> yeah, I guess I'm going to go lay down. Okay. You stagger your way back. Uh, Bash, are you going to help her or are you just going to let her go? Yeah, that way. I'm going to let her go. Okay. <laughs> I'm holding By on the to time the you get to the cabin door, you're on your hands and knees, basically, crawling back because you rolled a one. Yes, I did. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, you're going to basically crawl into bed, dribble some stuff onto the coverlets, and... Oh, it comes and that's he's, it. He's like, what? <laughs> what have you done to me, Kevin? <laughs> Oi. Uh, sir, there's no one else in here. <laughs> Thank goodness. <laughs> you turned into a dwarf? <laughs> okay, Wombard Bash, in the meantime, you are feeling the effects, but you're still able to be somewhat effective. Any checks you make while you're feeling this, you're going to be at disadvantage. And Peter... I get advantage. What do you do with a Duncan sailor? <laughs> now, I'm going to ask you, Peter, you are basically the sole person who can do anything right now as far as what the captain has you on board to do. Uh-oh. How, <laughs> what is your intent? What are you going to do to ensure peace between the crew? I guess um, I'm just going to kind of maybe go from deck to deck every couple of minutes or so just to kind of like look around. And if I see if there's any kind of uh, trouble going on between the different groups, I'm, I might step in and try and talk it out. What makes this easier is that it's a 60 footer, but it only has the upper deck and then the hold. So there's no multiple decks. It's okay. just it's a low lying craft. And so you won't have a lot of walking up and down to contend with okay and really down in the hold because it's such a short journey east to west it's only a day for this ship they don't even really have hammocks or anything like that so if it comes to it sailors tend to just kind of hole up between crates or whatever Uh, but for the most part it's a quick trip over a rest of a day or so and then a trip back so uh, you don't have a lot of searching through hidey holes or anything like that to figure out Okay. So you can try to entertain them. You can try and just talk with them to distract them. Or I, it, what you do is up to you. Um, so for the next hour, like what a, are you going to do? Do they have like a chaplain or some someone here? There is no chaplain on board. Heathens! I'm kidding. They're sailors. <laughs> <laughs> the best people in the world. <laughs> <laughs> um. Well. Well, Where can I go pee? There's the ocean all around. Yeah. <laughs> the head is at the aft of the ship. The what? Actually, at the fore. What? What? Is, okay. Is that? Is that where I go pee? Yes. Okay. <laughs> what says one of the, the Morgan? Yes. Okay. One of the Morgan sailors points you in the right direction. It's really nothing more than a hole cut next to the the jib. So uh, it's you have the jib sticking off the front. Underneath that is the charred figurehead. And then to either side of the figurehead, there's basically just a square hole that you're supposed to you sit on. off the front of the ship? Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> Gross. Unless you're in the captain's quarters and then you've got your own... Pan. That it's that somebody then it gets dumped out the front it, yeah. of the ship. <laughs> I don't know that they would even want to pan because yeah. with the ship rocking. <laughs> so anyway, you go to the head... 
I'm done. Hey, Peter. <laughs> <laughs> I, ju- I just peed at the head. All right. Let's <laughs> one more bit. <laughs> okay. So, Peter, in the hour that you have, what are you going to do? You're just, you're just basically doing the rounds to make uh, sure. Yeah, just yeah, just kind of making the rounds, and um, I'll, I'll like, you know, look around the 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 top deck I mean, you thing. Maybe have a word with that first mate. And then I'll go downstairs, look around, and then I'll come back up, and then just kind of. Uh, Peter's pacifist. <laughs> I'm a pacifist <laughs> in armor and wielding weapons, but I'm just gonna kind of. Sit up and sit up at the top, and I don't really know what to do. Are you just watching? Yes. Okay, why don't you do a perception check? Uh, we'll say that you're sitting on the steps leading up to the poop deck, and you are observing. So, again, it's only 60 feet uh, of deck in front of you, and give me a passive check, of, uh, not passive, perception check of 12 or higher. Yeah, I rolled a 14 plus 3. Everyone seems to be busy. Again, this is in that first hour. Everyone's making things fast. They're making sure that everything is where it needs to be. So there's really not a whole lot going on. You do see the first mate that Tira warned you about. Uh, he is not really doing a whole lot. And Captain Blodgett has yet to emerge from his voyage preparations. So you are just basically monitoring Tira, why don't you go ahead and roll another constitution check? Peter, because you passed, you're done. All right, so... And Womberbash. Plus your constitution. Oh, I got a plus four, so that's a ten total. Okay, it was a twelve, right? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, he said twelve. I'm still down. You are down, but you're feeling a little bit better. You you feel like you're just getting your legs under you. A total of twenty. Okay. After... Using the head, you seem to be all that better. I did the trick. <laughs> hey, Peter, see that? That's called the poop deck. <laughs> That's what they told me. Truly a master of and, comedy. And, and, and they told me that this is called the main cell. And it's, oh, get out of here. This is cool. Stop <laughs> it. <laughs> and really, to you, Womberbash, this is a brand new experience. You've never even imagined anything like this. And what really makes it for you as... As you're sailing during the second hour, you see a couple of porpoises breach, and seeing those animals suddenly appear out of the water. Look, Peter, look, look. I'm, I'm looking. What, what is that? That's a... Uh, I don't know. I've never seen one of those hey, before. Hey, 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 what is... Excuse me. Hey. Captain wh- Blodgett sees wh- you. What is that? What is that? What are those things right there? Ah, porpoises. There's, I like... Those are fish. They're I good li- luck. I like those. like it. <laughs> And they leap gleefully out of the water on the port side of the ship for maybe a minute. And then they seem to just disappear under the waters and you don't see them again. All right. And during this time, now that there are two of you, are you wanting to split up how you're doing things? Or do you want to continue to do what Peter was doing? I think I'm just going to go around and annoy the sailors by asking questions. Okay. Um... That's not my purpose to... I mean, it's not my intent to annoy them, but I'm sure that I am because they're busy. Sure. But I want to find out as much about this boat, which they'll probably correct me and say it's a ship in a a moment. Okay. You make your way around. Give me a charisma check. Oh, oh my. I'm horrible. That's your lowest one, isn't it? Twelve. 
you don't seem to offend anyone. Okay. And everyone that you speak to, you at least come away with the feeling like you haven't annoyed them. Uh, now what you do notice, and Peter, I think you're especially attuned to this because of your better knowledge of the world than the other two. Yeah, with my 16 charisma. You can hear the Arbanim sailors speaking in a language that you don't recognize, and you remember hearing of the languages of Seth Arban. And you know that there's more than one, but that's about the extent of your knowledge. Being a bit of a linguist, <laughs> Peter's going to... Oh, no, he's too awkward. No, don't don't limit yourself. Uh, Peter's not that awkward. Just Thane is. <laughs> yeah, that's the problem. I can't, think, I can't think of how, how someone would rashly come and be like, that's an interesting language you're speaking. How do I learn it? Well, but seriously, what... start by not saying it like that. You say, that's an interesting language you're speaking. Uh, can you teach me, teach me a few words? Or how would I say this? You can introduce yourself... Hello. No. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, I'm uh, Peter Greyhawk, traveling over to. Okay. Poor thing. This is why I should just nervous. sit off in a room on my own. To imaginary people. <laughs> yeah, let me do it for you. Hey, <laughs> I'm Womberbash. You speak funny. You see a couple of them chuckle, and Peter, you're kind of grateful for Womberbash's presence. Thank you. Uh, and one of them steps forward and says, Abuir. Abuir. Abuir? Abuir. Abuir. Peter Greyhawk. Yes, Peter Greyhawk. Abuir. Abuir. And he taps himself on the chest. I'm, wa- I'm Wamberbash. Wuh. <laughs> <laughs> Abuir. People sometimes call me just Bash. Bash. Yeah. Bash? Bash. Yes. He turns around and says your name to the others behind him, and they all start chuckling. <laughs> bash, bash. I'm guessing bash means something in their language. <laughs> bash means It means sheep. poop deck. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, after a bit, they exchange a couple more words with you, and then uh, they need to get back to work. Could I add, like, a few useful phrases that I've learned to like my features and traits or what no not no um yeah. skills and proficiencies. Yeah. Let's say that in the short time let, go ahead and roll me an intelligence check. Nice. Or I'm sorry. What is your intelligence modifier? Plus two. You have learned two phrases. Okay. What have I learned? You have learned I greet you, which is the literal translation of what they say. And you have learned bash. Okay. Meaning poop deck. <laughs> <laughs> right. Which means garbage. Oh, nice. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, which means stinky. <laughs> well, In effect. Let's see. Why don't you come up with the meaning for the word bash? I would say um, earthworm. Earthworm. Okay. So bash means earthworm. How is, uh, I greet you, said. I don't think that's going to come up with an entire phrase for that. <laughs> right? Just, oh, you just, are. Just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> come here. How do you say, I greet you? Masala i. All right. How do I, how do I spell that? M-A-S-A apostrophe. Okay. L-A apostrophe. L-A I-B. apostrophe. I-B. 
Masalaib. 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 Okay. And one last tidbit that you get is that they are speaking Abayid. Abayid. Got it. And so that is the language, the, the dialect that they speak. All right. And so that second hour passes and you have at least brought some comfort and stability to the Arbanim section of the crew. So now we're going into the third hour, Tira. Okay. Why don't you give us one more constitution roll? Now I got a 19 on this one. Okay. So. You're completely over. You've got your sea legs and you finally emerge. I'm over the flashbacks. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You finally emerge. Having the stone helped that song mm-hmm, playing mm-hmm, through you. Mm-hmm. Uh, you emerge from the cabin and you are relieved to find that the smell of the fresh air really does bring you back. And in fact, your stomach is rumbling already. Oh. Yeah, it's been pretty effectively emptied. Yes. Yeah, no yeah. kidding. Uh, I guess I'll, before leaving the captain's cabin, I'll get something out of my pack to eat. Okay. Yeah. Wait, where's the first mate? He's, He's lolling around. Is he over by the foremast? Yes. Him. I'm going to go up to him and I'm going to say, um, Hey, my name my name is Womber Bash. What's your name? He pretends not to hear you. I, he, he looks at you briefly and then goes back to his conversation. My, my, name, my name is Womber Bash. What's your name? He gives you a shove on your shoulder. Go away. Y- y- your, name, your name is Go Away? Listen little man I'm tired of you I, I just I just wanted to know if you could show me how to steer the ship maybe I'll show you how I can make your face look even uglier how would you do that well it looks like someone already started mm. you've you've got the bruising and all that from being punched in the face with an axe handle I, um, well, well, this, well, well yeah well, this, you overhear this well, both what's of going you. on I've kind of like drifted in when he says it looks like someone's already started. I say, hey, you... <laughs> <laughs> you leave him be, mister. <laughs> you big meanie pants. <laughs> I say, you leave him be, you hear me? You, you're the one in charge, right? Well, I was until you three came along. I just, I just wanted to know if, if you would just teach me some things. Yeah. Come over here. Oh, no. Don't do it, Bess. <laughs> and he takes you up front where there's another stack of goods on the deck and it's enough to screen you from sight. I followed him. Yeah. No, we're going, okay. going after him. All right. So I you, charge after him. how close are you behind him? Like right there? I guess you okay. tell me. <laughs> I just want to make sure how close you want to stick to Walmer Bash. If you want to give him a little no. bit of distance. Okay. I, Cause before I fell sick, I was planning on confronting that dude and now he's being mean to bash and, mm-hmm. and threatening. As soon as you come around the edge of the crates, his meaty hand closes on the front of your robe and pulls you in close, and he pulls his fist back, and you can see the muscle in his forearm rippling, and he starts to bring his what fist. I'm going to do I'm gonna tackle I'm go- him. No, no, no. What I'm going to do is I'm going to come in out of nowhere and just sock him in the jaw. Okay. Do it. Ten. Your punch misses and you end up punching the uh, the crate next oh, to him. You, you end up punching Warmer Bash. No, <laughs> no, like no a, not quite that bad. I'm going to headbutt him. Okay. 
I'm going to say he gets his punch in first. Okay. Peter had had a chance. Okay. He rolled a 12, and he adds a 2. On a 15. 15. Okay, so he, you manage to duck just enough where you, you feel the whoosh of the air right by your head as his fist goes streaking by, and now he's... His fist is down and his chin is exposed. Okay, I'm gonna just I'm gonna like go like this with yep. my head just to hit him. Ooh. Oh, uh, fourteen. That's also a miss. Okay. I guess your hair is slick from the damp, and it just kind of goes just under his chin. You can feel the roughness. Can I do of a bonus whiskers. action? Try to bite his ear. Pull a Mike Tyson. Uh, no, okay. no, not in this case. Tira? Right. When I saw him pull and bash behind the carts, I sped up, and I'm just going to tackle him. Okay, go for it. 18 total. Okay, so you come around just in time to see Peter, whoosh, the first mate, whoosh, mm-hmm. bash, whoosh, whoosh, and you say, forget all that, I'm going low. Yeah, I just shoved <laughs> it right into it. <laughs> yeah, Tira right? gets things done. Yeah. That's right. So I'm going to say Mighty mini. you're trying to do the... Like the I'm tackle. Sl- yeah, yeah. I, I, my shoulder, I'm going like right into his midsection. Yeah, and you're wrapping your arms around mm-hmm. his legs. Okay. Mm-hmm. Go ahead and uh, let's see. <laughs> let, let me do, do, let me do this. That? Is that going to be the four side of die? Or? Okay. He goes crashing into the crates that he tried to bring Wombrabash in behind. And that does, go ahead and roll me D4 plus your strength bonus. Okay. Strength bonus. So it's seven. Oh, buddy. Seven total. Excellent. Okay. He staggers backwards against them as he's trying to collect himself. Let's go ahead and roll for initiative. Yes. Let's, 18. Let's, let's wreck him. I mean, it's like 18. Plus your... In 20. Place, right in the top middle. 20 top plus middle. 2. Oh, right so 20 total. I have 22. 20 also? 22. Peter, Tira? 12. Of all times to roll a natural 20. I'm sorry, 13. It's plus my initiative. I forgot to do that. What is your initiative? Two. Okay, he's actually going to go first. Peter, it is your turn again. All right, I'm going... So I see him stagger. I'm just going to close and just... I'm not going to miss this time. Just right in the right smack dab in the middle of the face. Maybe for the nose or something. Do you have your hand wrapped around your mace or are you just punching? I have my... Chain my, my scale mail glove that's just going into his face. That's a 14 total. Yeah, that's a miss, man. All right, well, just kidding. I do miss. You know what? People are people. I can make mistakes. <laughs> Peter, Peter's not good at hand to hand fighting. <laughs> Tira. Um, so he's just kind of slunk back against the thing. Yes, it's like he's on the ropes and you're, yeah, you get a free shot at him. All right. First of all, I'm just going to say you stay away from my friends, and I'm going to... Okay, I think I get the axe out for this. That just seems a little excessive. <laughs> <I'm> like... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just RPG him in the face. <laughs> okay, yeah. Um, I don't know. Kick him in the leg or something? I don't know. What am I doing? Stay low. Yeah. Go for it. Just going to try and kick him in. Uh, so 11. Nope. This guy is slippery as a little snake. Yeah, well, he's... He's slick, slick as an eel. I look at him and I go, bash. Oh, it's my turn. Sorry. <laughs> oh. He shakes his head. <laughs> and he goes for you, Tara, since you damaged him. 
and he is going to miss. <laughs> he, he's expecting you to be taller than you are, and his fist <laughs> sails over your head. Now, Wamberbash. All right, I'm going to actually say, stop, stop, stop. Just wait a second. We, we, were just, we were just talking. It's no big deal, right? And I'm going to say, I'm sorry, what was your name again? <laughs> Bash trying to make friends. I appreciate what you're trying to do. <laughs> he is mad now. He thought it was going to be an easy thing against you, and he just shakes off your question. It's too late for that, runt. I'm just going to try to dodge at this point. Dodge what? Whatever he got, comes at me with. 16. There's nothing to dodge, though. Okay, well, all right, I'm just trying to... So you're just stepping back? Yeah, I'm just stepping back. Okay. You step back. And he sneers at you, and when it's his turn, he'll be taking another whack at one of you. Mm-hmm. Peter, back to you, then Tira. Yeah, all right, so I'm just going to... Guy never learns, man. Hopefully, <laughs> I'm going to hit him. You're the one to teach him. What on earth? That's a 12. You take what seems like a really good swing, just as the, the prow of the ship dips and you find suddenly that you're almost weightless and your your fist goes wide. Mm-hmm. Tira. All right, so what is he still down or has he gotten back up in his He's been up. He was okay. he was slumped standing up right. but against the crates and then when he took a swing at you he took a step forward. He is still up. Hmm. I guess he's going to take a swing at him. Okay. You're aiming for his gut. Yeah, his doughy midsection. <laughs> There's not much dough there. 18. That's a hit. D4 plus strength. Eight. Wow. Tira, stop. You plow your fist right into his midsection, and you hear a (laughs) (laughs) as your fist just sinks in, Mm -hmm. and you pull back with a defiant look on your face. I said, stay away from my friends. (laughs) <laughs> he rolls or stay he's, down sailor he does one of those two fist swings at you and he hits you on the side of the head <laughs> for three points of damage <laughs> try again Wamberbash. that's it <laughs> oh no a oh, song no. But it was what not is it. That even? <laughs> it's a ten. I can't take it. <laughs> I can't hang with Peter. you guys. Okay. It's seriously time to teach the guy a lesson. Here comes another wave. You gotta time this right. Roll! Hey, I rolled a nineteen. You connect. Whoop whoop. What were you aiming for? His face. With your fist? Yes. All right, you take your metal-clad fist, you ball it up as tight as you can, and you just drive it forward into his chin. Damage? Just a d4. Three points of damage. I've been adding the strength modifier. Yeah. I'm sure I'm not supposed to do that, but it's my game. Homebrewed. Yeah, (laughs) homebrew. I figure it makes sense. You're you're punching, so your strength is behind it. Yeah, we're using our own bodies, yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah, you connect and he wipes a trickle of blood from his lip. Tira, it's your turn. 
right, I'm just gonna, uh, I don't know if I'm gonna try and strike him again. I, I'm, I'm just thinking, like I go up to him, what kind of posture is he in right now? After I winded him and Peter clocked him in the face, is he double over at all? Is he leaning against anything? He's breathing heavily. Uh-huh. His fists are up, but they're kind of low. Okay. And he's swaying. He, it's hard to tell if he's swaying because of the movement of right. the ship or just because he is Okay. And winded. how much taller than me is he? I'm going to say he's right at about six feet. So almost two feet. Okay. Almost one, a little more than a foot. So I mean, like, would it be plausible? Because my, my thought was that I just might have my fist cocked and grab him by the front of the shirt and say, I said, stay down, sailor. And just threaten him. But then there's not much to do with that. <laughs> well, give me an intimidation check. Oh, that's a good point. Natural 20. Well done. Yay! Yay! <laughs> 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 All right. You grab him by the shirt mm-hmm. and you pull him down to your level. Yeah. And so you smell his fetid breath and you can, you see the mixture of saliva. <laughs> yeah. This mixture of saliva and blood trickling down his chin. And I can just see you almost nose to nose mm-hmm. and you're just staring unflinchingly into his eyes and you say that and something inside of him breaks. He just, uh, and he staggers backward and just sits down plump right on the deck and he doesn't move. He's just sitting there. Hey, can you teach me how to steer the ship? (laughs) (laughs) He's not going to pay any attention to that. (laughs) But I like that you're asking him questions even after he's beaten. (laughs) So what's your name? (laughs) (laughs) Do you like stuff? (laughs) All right. I think for now you have taken away the primary concern on board the ship. Did this scuffle go unnoticed by like everybody else? Yeah, you were four enough on the ship and behind crates that I think it was in the army. We called it woodline justice. (laughs) Somebody's acting up. You take them to the woods. You teach them a thing or two and bring them back. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So anyway, you have effectively quashed his and neutralized yeah him. <laughs> and when you come back out you can see the sailor he was talking to he he counts one two three there's three of you and no first mate so he jams his hands down into his pockets and walks aft on the ship kind of looking out over the water <laughs> before, before we leave him i go you have been pacified do you really no <laughs> <laughs> okay. So Why am I like that? Now you have several hours left to go on the journey. Uh, it's we're gonna say that it's about midday now, the time of day that they call the still around mm-hmm. this time. And sure enough, the captain, you can see him back on the poop deck and he's looking out. You can see him holding his hand over his eyes as he scans the waters and the sky, and he says, Oh, a calm's coming. Get out the insurance. And you can see several of the, of the sailors run down into the hold below. <laughs> yep. And they come back up and they're bearing these long oars. And sure enough, they begin rowing across the sea. And you can see the captain consulting an astrolabe and he's fiddling with things up there on the poop deck. And uh, yeah, so basically for the next couple hours while the wind is at a still. You're crawling along, but you're still making progress. 
and anything you want to do in that time. The men are looking busy, but annoyed. It is warm out now because no wind is blowing. Do I'm going to ask to help. Yeah, I was going to say, gonna yeah, I was gonna say is there any room for me to hop in and help? Fantastic. Great. Okay, so you see two sailors, Tira, struggling with an oar. All right. And you step in and mm-hmm. tell me what you say. Um, let me give you a hand with that. Let me, may I sit between them? Or Actually, I see you just coming in and saying, let me give you a hand with that. And you kind of elbow both of them out of the and way. And just like take it. Yeah. You, you take the oar and then you yeah. just single-handedly are doing what yeah. they were struggling to do by themselves. Womberbass, what are you doing? <laughs> I'm just going to go up and say, hey, I, I want to try that. You step next to one of the Arbanim sailors and he... I guess he intuits what you are asking. And so he was managing the ore okay, but with you there, it makes it easier. And before long, you hear him humming a song, and it's a, a tune that's easy enough for you to pick up. But you didn't have to cut me off. <laughs> 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 That's the song. <laughs> I don't know how you the guessed it. The whole shit just goes up in, in sync. <laughs> okay, yeah, so before long, it's a, a whole musical scene on board, on the deck. Cabin fever. Sailors just jumping. <laughs> yes, <I was> like, <laughs> Cabin fever. <laughs> yeah, all right. So basically, the three of you pitch in, and it's obvious that the sailors appreciate this. They know that you're land lovers. They looked at you askance when you first came on board, but now that you're actively helping them... Beat up the surly first mate. <laughs> uh, yeah. Now that you're actively helping them, they see you as one of their own, and you can see that it's having an effect on them. So that's very encouraging to them. Anything else you want to do for the couple of hours that you're rowing? No. Okay. No. All right. Finally, the wind picks back up, and the captain gives the order, make fast the sails, and you... Suddenly they're bellying out again, and the wind is pushing you along eastward on the way to Seth Arban. I'm going to say a few more hours pass, and finally, as evening is purpling the sky to the east, this is what you see. As the scalded dove slices through the night in its approach to the eastern shore of the Sea of Tears, an ethereal sight greets your eyes. Ahead of you lies what looks like a gleaming silver city. Indeed, that is one of its names, as Captain Blodgett informs you in a gruff undertone. Ankar, the city of silver. Under cool moonlight, slender towers rise into the air, their ornate tops seeming to float above the slumbering city. These intricate needles of stone form a graceful counterpoint to the flat white roofs of the buildings below them. Dark shapes on these rooftops indicate gardens of flowering plants and lattices that provide fortunate families a respite from the heat of the daytime sun. Here and there, yellow light flares out of narrow windows, showing that not everyone is asleep. It is night now, and the same cool breeze that gently pushes your ship toward land is also driving the desert heat inland, if only for a few hours. It is actually downright chilly here on deck with the dampness of the spray on your skin. Perhaps it won't be too difficult to find a warm place to sleep tonight and a mouthful of something to eat. You enter the harbor of Ankar, one of the many gateways into the country of Setharban, and a step closer to the curious city of Jama. 
The ship's lanterns wash one of the circular guard towers in warm light as you slip by. You can see curious faces peering at you from over the parapet. One of the figures appears to be counting the people on deck, while another raises and lowers the metal shutter on a large lamp. You can hear the squeal as the shutter moves up and down in some intricate pattern, and from the dock ahead, you see another lamp's equally intricate reply. The sailors are hushed now, concentrating on the work at hand as they prepare to leap into action. And so the ship glides in, nestles up to one of the docks there, and immediately there's just a flurry of activity as sailors cast out housers and they're tying things off and here comes the gangplank again. So it's just from the moment the boat or the ship touches up against the dock, uh, it's everyone knows his place and you have successfully made it to the city of Ankar in the country of Seth Arban. Now, as you get off the ship, first of all, Captain Blodgett thanks you heartily. He shakes your hand. He says, I'm getting rid of my first mate at the first opportunity. And <laughs> Yes, that is yeah, correct. As well you should. When you get off the ship, um, there is, a, it looks like a foreign official there. He's wearing flowing robes. He has a headdress on. It, it's a flowing piece of cloth that covers his shoulders and the top of his head, and it's held on with a bit of a circlet. And as he is... Uh, making notes in a ledger uh, as he's standing there. Uh, he sees the three of you standing there, not looking like you know what to do. Mm-hmm. And so he says, uh, this way, please. And he gestures toward an open door in a very large, solid, square stone building that's not far from the docks. All right. I'm just going to turn back to Captain Blodgett quickly and, and thank you. Just tell him thank you for getting us across basically free of charge really just had to get in a big fight with a guy and puke our guts out but it <laughs> didn't really charge us anything my pleasure i'd be happy to have you on board again why farewell you, why are you still talking like that yeah that's drop the <laughs> he, no you're all out okay. in the I open see. you're all out in the open uh and so yeah with that you go into this building and it's basically temporary housing. It's there. It's one big common room on the third floor where you and several of the sailors who aren't going to be going into the town tonight are basically, you just have a floor open to you. There's comfortable beds with chests at the foot of each bed. so where you can keep your, your goods. What, what time is it approximately? It's probably seven or eight at night. Okay. It's dark. We don't have to stay here, do we? Like, can we go to like an inn? So I can have my own room? There are regulations we must follow. You cannot just walk through our city. Not yet, anyway. We will take care of you in the morning. Get some rest. And with that, he bows and leaves the room. Why don't we just quickly head down to the end of the row, and you can have the last, the last mat. Down at the end of the row, in addition to beds that go all the way down this room, there is a slit in the wall that peers outside, so you would have some fresh air coming in there. Why don't you take that mat by the window? (laughs) (laughs) And you can ball it up and make a little nest and everything. Okay. And before we close out this episode, we pull away from the... Yes! 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 (laughs) I've been waiting for another cutscene. I love (laughs) cutscenes. What's he up to now? (laughs) 
We pull away from this city in this benighted area, rising toward the stars, momentarily leaving the lingering heat and the ever-present smell of dust of coastal Setharban. Vardalon turns below us, and after a silent pause, we descend into the snowy reaches of the northwest part of Edelin. Moonlight falls upon the thawing snow and ice, bathing the world in a bluish glow. We find ourselves hovering above another substantial body of water, the black waters of a bay, watching as a scene unfolds outside the large city visited before. Although we can feel the chill wind blow past us, there is no noise. In the distance, we see torches approaching. A contingent of armored guards marches a bound prisoner to a waiting ship moored at a dock. The soldiers' metal-shod feet strike the ground in silent rhythm, and the prisoner's heavy chains shift without noise as he stumbles forward. For all his apparent tiredness, however, the man's burning eyes are up and level, scanning his surroundings and the faces of those around him, as if imprinting everything in his mind. The group comes to a halt at the foot of the dark ship's gangplank. The guard's breath shows as a silver mist in the moonlight, and the ship rolls a bit as floating pieces of ice bump silently against the hull. An unheard conversation takes place between the guard's leader and the captain of the ship. Then the contingent moves up the gangway, jerking the prisoner's bonds cruelly. As he steps onto the deck, the prisoner seems to nod ever so slightly to a thin-faced guard who stands near the ship's mast. The guard returns the nod in a moment of silent understanding, and then turns to stare off into the darkness. A smile plays upon the prisoner's face as he is dragged along to the ship's hold, and his chains are fastened to thick iron clamps in the wall. The ship's captain barks an unheard command that causes the sailors to leap into action, and they scurry across the deck and into the ship's rigging. Sails unfurl as the hawsers are cast off, and the ship slips away from its mooring, gliding north and east into the night. We feel that familiar pull, leaving the bone-chilling cold to rise into the air, settling back into the welcome warmth of an Arbanim night once more. <laughs> and that is where we leave off this time. Let's talk experience points. I'm going to say for helping the captain, just for getting on board the ship and helping Captain Blodgett, you're going to get five experience points each. Nice. You're also going to each get three experience points for taking out the first mate. And an additional one each for not killing him. <laughs> oh, okay. You get one discovery point for the city of Ankar. A-N-K-A-R. And this is in the country of Seth Arban, and so you have finally made it into your first foreign country yes. in Edelin. And I'll show you the map after this. And yeah. uh, for our listeners' sakes, for our stackers' sake, I will also post a link to the map in our wiki. Uh, so look on Twitter, look in our show notes for this link to the map of, of Edelin. And... Uh, that way you'll be able to see a little bit. I don't have places marked, so it's still, <laughs> there's a lot I have to do. <laughs> and that's why I'd love to have help from uh, stackers in filling out this wiki. Uh, so uh, now let's talk Norse battle. Um, go um, ahead, buddy. Me for not getting sick, period. Yeah. 
I think you got that benefit in game. You didn't have to worry about it. Yeah, right. You just got to go on your day. Okay. There wasn't um, any role playing really associated with it. It was just you with a role. good die roll, and you were able to do what you were brought on board to do. So that's good. I appreciated um, Tira coming to my rescue. You know what I'm saying? I mean, obviously Peter did, but she seemed a little bit more like set to like let this guy know that look. You don't mess with us. This you is my dog right, right here. You don't. Mess don't. With Bash. <laughs> yeah, why don't you take one for that? And Womber Bash, I appreciated you trying to talk through the situation with the first mate. Uh, you, you could have just jumped right in, and you didn't even trigger until he punched Tira. And that, for you, was your breaking point. So I'll give you two for that, um, for playing through that so well. Well, Peter learned some new words. He yes. did. We should get yes. some something for learning some of their language. That's it. Yeah, there's there's a lot to be said for understanding others, especially when you're from different places. So take two for that, Peter. Mayambash. Peter. <laughs> Any other thoughts? Any other suggestions? Let's see, I went to the bathroom in the head. <laughs> you learned I some learned ship terminology. Deck. <laughs> Well, you were actively trying to learn parts of the ship, yeah. and that's yeah. part of your Character. quest for yeah. knowledge. Yeah, yeah. so take oh, one for true. that. Okay. Constantly on the move, looking for new things to learn. Peter, for discovering that the Starstone would work for you, why don't you take two? Yes. Yes, much appreciated on my part. Too, yeah, right. Yikes. <laughs> Yikers. You're still not full, but you're better. Yeah, than yeah, yeah. We'll finally get a full rest now at this one, right? Did his healing stuff like fix my face a little bit? Am I just bruised, or uh, am it, I permanently disfigured from this? You're or? not permanently disfigured, okay, no. Okay. But you have, you still have some scarring. Some. Yeah, because the first mate was like, "You're a mess. You're hideous." Yeah. I just thought he was being mean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you do have some gashes still, and of course the bruising is there, but that's not long term, and your nose wasn't crooked although it could have been i think that went well let's go ahead and have our xp recap meredith Woo-hoo. all right tira is now 49 points into level three Ooh, so close and michael is going to be up there womber bash is 56 points into level three Ooh. wow peter greyhawk is 50 experience points into level three right on way to go everybody before we close out i just want to say if you have left us a review and we haven't mentioned you by name, please let us know through Twitter, through Instagram, through email. And our email is stack.o.dice at gmail.com. Our Twitter and Instagram handles are at stackodice. And so if you have left us something somewhere and we haven't mentioned you, it's not because we don't want to. It's because we don't know. So please let us know and we will be happy to mention you. And feel free to stop in on any of those locations and leave us feedback. Uh, iTunes reviews help a lot because more than anything, that's what bumps us up and makes us visible to others. We like the story that we're telling together and we want to share it with as many people as possible. So please feel free to leave us a review. It takes just a moment and it means the world to us. So thank you for everyone who's participating on Twitter for chatting with us. And if you have any questions you want us to ever ask at the beginning of a show, they can be questions about things we like as people or things about our characters, whatever. We'd love to field some of those questions from our listeners. We're looking forward to playing with you next time here at Stack of Dice.
cricket, fantasy cricket. It's way better than baseball. Way better than baseball. I'm like, it's British baseball. <laughs> it's British. You heard dumbball. it here, folks. Cricket is British baseball. Oh my British word. dumbball. That's not going on. <laughs> Take that, UK friends. <laughs> cricket stinks. 